NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to Pot of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not you're going to call to the hall. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is Super Bowl week. Super Bowl is Sunday, Bengals-Rams. I am all on the Bengals bandwagon right now. Kind of can't get enough of Joe Burrow, so um, hopefully the Bengals squeak out the win on Sunday, expecting a close game because every game in this playoffs has been close, so looking forward to that. So it's Super Bowl week, but it's also Hall of Fame week. The Football Hall of Fame will announce their 2022 class on Saturday, so the day before the Super Bowl. So a lot going on this week. Hall of Fame announcement on Saturday, Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, And with the announcement coming on Saturday, it only makes sense to do one of the finalists this year. So today's podcast is on the career and Hall of Fame can see a former Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, Reggie Wayne. And joining us in just a moment to discuss Reggie Wayne's career in Hall of Fame can see is Colts beat writer and sports editor for the Herald Bolton, George Bremer. But before we bring George on, let's talk a little more about Reggie Wayne. So Reggie played in the NFL from 2001 to 2014, and this is his third year on the ballot. Um, he's been a finalist the last two years. This is his third year on the ballot, third year as a finalist. Um, over his career, that was played pretty much mainly with the Colts. He had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. Um, he had 1,070 career catches. That's 10th all-time in NFL history. 14,345 receiving yards, which is good for 10th all time um, in NFL history. And then 82 touchdown receptions, good for 27th in NFL history. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, a one-time All-Pro, and won one Super Bowl with the Colts, catching a 53-yard touchdown in the first quarter of that Super Bowl back in 2007. So he has Super Bowl experience in Super Bowl week. Uh, he had eight. 1,000-yard receiving seasons, four 100-catch seasons, um, and led the league in receiving once um, with exactly 1,500 yards. But where Reggie Wayne really made his name, and, and George and I are going to get this in just a second, was the playoffs. He played 21 playoff games, which is good for 13th all-time, had 93 career playoff catches, fourth all-time in NFL history, 1,254 receiving yards in playoff history. That's six all-time and nine receiving touchdowns in the playoffs. So 10th all-time. So top 10 in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns for his career. Um, So extremely impressive in the playoffs as well as in the regular season. And again, this is his third year as a finalist. So we'll have to see this Saturday um, whether or not he gets in uh, so those are the quick facts on Reggie Wayne. Um, with those out of the way, let's bring on George. All right. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Indianapolis Colts beat writer and sports editor for the Herald Bulletin, George Bremer. George, how are you doing today? Great. Great. Glad, glad to join you. Of, of course. So we have George joining us to talk about the Hall of Fame candidacy and career of former Colt wide receiver Reggie Wayne. And this is going to be Reggie Wayne's third year eligible for the Hall of Fame. He's a finalist again. So he's one of the top 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame this year. And the last two years, 
he has also been a finalist. So all Reggie knows is being a finalist, but he is still on the outside looking in. So today, George and I are going to talk a little bit about his career, about his candidacy, maybe talk a little bit why maybe he's not in yet. And then at the end of the show, George, what you and I will both do is say, you know, do we think he should get into the Hall of Fame? So that's what we're answering at the very end there. But George, the first question I'm going to ask you here is when you hear the name Reggie Wayne, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Consistency. I mean, he was just every year uh, like an 80, 85, 90 catch guy. Um, I think he had, I can't remember exactly what the record was. It was like 73 games in a row with at least three catches. Uh, he just was there. You know, he showed up every single time that they needed to. Uh, and I think he was one of those guys, one of the few guys that kind of bridged the gap between Andrew Luck and, and Peyton Manning uh, and was really important in the early part of Luck's career. You know, people talk about how good he was as a rookie. I don't know how much of that happens without Reggie Wayne. Yeah. I mean, when, when I, when I think of Reggie Wayne as well, and anyone just looks at his numbers, I mean, eight, a thousand yard receiving seasons um, that does not happen by accident. Uh, you know, He's always, I, when I, I mean, I'm a bears fan, so take that for what it's worth. And I'm going to be as fair as possible here. Cause you beat, you beat us in the only super bowl I've been alive for, for the bears. But, and Reggie was a big part of that too, with that 53 yard touchdown catch, but Reggie Wayne consistently in and out, he's always getting over a thousand yards. And I think what's, I don't know if it's more impressive because he had Peyton Manning thrown to him a lot of those years in the Andrew Luck, but you know, Marvin Harrison's on the other side, Dallas Clark's there. There's a lot of balls that had to go around, yet he was consistently productive. Um, and honestly, all those guys were. And I don't know if that's more pain to them or them to pain. I think they both helped out each other pretty equally there. But Reggie Wayne, you know, I think great hands. I think an excellent route runner. And someone you're going to depend on uh, to, get, to get any kind of catch. And he did it both in the regular season as well as in the playoffs, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later here about. But, George, I do want to move to our next mini-segment here. We call this That Memorable Moment. And this can be anything you want it to be, really. It's, you know, is it a certain play Reggie had during his career, a certain game? Is it an entire season? But if you were to say this is Reggie Wayne's most memorable moment of his career, what would you say it was? For me, it's the Orange Gloves game. It's what it's known around here. Uh, it was the first game back after Chuck, Lago Chuck Pagano's leukemia diagnosis. They were playing Green Bay at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. I think he had over 200 yards. He caught the game-winning touchdown. They had to stretch to, to put the ball over the goal line. And the whole time he was wearing orange gloves because that's the color for leukemia awareness. They ended up taking the ball to Pagano's hospital room after the game. Uh, it just – that one to me, he did so many things and there's so many moments that, that will, you know, be immortalized in this city forever. But that game just encapsulated, encapsulated to me who he was. Uh, they needed somebody to step up. They were down, I think, 21 to three at halftime, huge underdogs, of course, against the Packers The Packers at that time, I think we're coming off the 15 and one season uh, first game for Bruce Arians as the interim head coach. It really set the tone for that kind of fairy tale season. And Reggie was just, he was at his peak in that game. I mean, anytime luck looked his way, if the ball was in his zip code, he, he pulled it in. And it just seems like that to me, 
that's who he was his whole career. If you needed a first down, if you needed a yard, you went to 87. And, and that day he just, it, it was really sort of the perfect storm of it for him. No, I, I, I could not agree more. That is, is, I'm sure any Colts fan listening is going to pinpoint to that. Now, I, I know what game you're talking about because I remember it was a pretty big deal nationally around um, you know, Bagana being out and all of that. The, the game I went to, though, and again, this is probably the outside of the Colts you know, realm. A lot of fans, football fans, remember, is that 2005 wildcard game against Denver where he put up 221 receiving yards. Um, that was pretty early in his career, right? I think maybe fourth or fifth season in the NFL. And that's where I was really like, who the hell is this guy? Um, that's still today the fourth most receiving yards in a playoff game in NFL history. He did 35-yard touchdown catch, a 43-yard touchdown catch. And that was just one of his many, again, you say consistent um, in the beginning, George, about, about Reggie Wayne. Consistent receiver. He had that big game. But if you look all-time playoffs, and I think this is what separates Reggie apart from a lot of the other receivers that are up for the Hall of Fame this year as well as that have been up for the Hall of Fame really ever, is when you look at his playoff numbers, he was in the playoffs a ton. I mean, you, you Colts fans just have it made, honestly. They had it made for a very long time. I, I, I hope that's not a sore subject right now, but for a long time you had it made. You were always in the playoffs. He had 21 games played in the playoffs. That's 13th in NFL history for any position. 93 catches, that's fourth all-time. Just over 1,200 yards, it's six all-time in receiving, and nine touchdowns. He's top 10 in all those categories. Consistently a guy, that's when I remember him getting on the scene there. as like, who is this guy? And then, you know, 21 playoff games. Every time in January, I was watching Reggie Wayne on the weekends, usually scoring a touchdown or having a big game. Your, your moment, I'm sure almost every Colts fan is going to agree with you, so I'm really glad you brought that up. And, George, that's why you're here. But I guess for the national audience, that was, to me, his kind of welcome to the NFL moment for me, even though I'm sure he was making Pro Bowls even before that. I mean, and, and you tell me, by 2005, I guess the playoffs of 2005, was Reggie Wayne almost already considered, like, the next Marvin Harrison? Were you already looking ahead, or was he still coming to his own, and that was like, holy shit, this guy, this guy has something. Yeah, it was interesting, his arc, because there were a lot of people who weren't happy when he was drafted. They wanted a defense at that time. You know how it goes on, on draft day. Uh, he was kind of a surprise pick, and people were thinking, you've already got Marvin Harrison. What do you need another receiver for? Well, you know, who is this guy? What's going on here? Uh, and his first year was kind of slow. It took him a little bit to get going, uh, which happens. I mean, I think that's that's pretty common with receivers. It's sure. you know what Jamar Chase is doing is is historic for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Uh, one of which is this is probably one of the toughest positions to adjust to from the college game. Uh, but really by year two, you started to see it. By 2005, he was well-established. Uh, he was always the number two guy. I mean, until Marvin retired, you know, Harrison's a Hall of Famer for a reason as well. And so Reggie was always sort of that, that number two guy. But I don't know, and we've talked about that a lot, you know, in, in this area. I don't know if there's a more beloved Cole all time than Reggie Wayne, just in terms of, his connection with the fans, you know, he would come out before every home game. He had his corner of the end zone. He would run over there, interact with that section of fans. Um, you know, obviously Peyton Manning. And, and I was going to say, Clark like, is he, is, that, he, is he in contention with Peyton Manning, though, for most beloved? Yeah, just because it's different. You know, I mean, Peyton's the most popular. He'd be, he'd be you know, voted mayor of Indianapolis right now if, sure. if he's on the ballot. 
but Reggie was just, the connection was so deep. He was here, you know, pretty much his whole career. He had a training camp with the Patriots there at the end, but mm-hmm. no one's going to remember him as anything but a Colt. That helps too. Uh, and just I, I, the way he connected with his fan base, Reggie had a way, I think some of it was just that blue collar work ethic that he had. He had a way of, of, of appearing, I don't want to say as a regular guy because he was a tremendous athlete. He's one of the best players of all time. But I think he came across the fans as here's a guy you'd want to have a beer with. Here's a guy who felt like one of you in a lot of ways. And, and it just endeared him. Him and Robert Mathis probably are just mm. two of the guys that just the fan base put their arms around them. And they, they always gave that love back. No. So if I, if I went to, I haven't yet, but I every time I pass it, I'm like, I need to get to Lucas oil for a game, beautiful stadium from the outside. When I'm in the expressway going somewhere else, um, I have been there for a basketball game. That is not the same, but if I go to Lucas oil stadium next season, are you see, is it like Peyton Manning jerseys or the most jerseys you're going to see around? And then is Reggie Wayne second or is Reggie Wayne again, given paying a run for his money just because as you said that connection yeah oh Peyton definitely is, is front runner you'll see that more than anything uh and I think there's more and I've, I've heard this from national guys there's probably more fans with jerseys on here than anywhere else in the in the in the league I'm not sure what it is about you know this franchise that, that caused that a lot of not a lot of uh current guys you, you see a lot of Quentin Nelson You'll see a uh, lot of. I love Jonathan that too. Taylor. A guard, a guard jersey. You know the fans are dedicated when they're wearing the guards jersey. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he's a he's already a cult hero here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, for some reason this year, mm. took off a lot. I can't put my finger on that one. Uh, and you you'll see a ton of that, but you'll see Reggie. Um, I think it's more rare than it used to be. When he was playing, he was definitely right after Manny. Okay. Uh, you know, you probably see more Ty Hilton now, just because mm. he's still out there. Uh, sure. Well, we'll see. There's still some debate about what's going to happen there, but he was still out there this year. Um, but, you know, Reggie, his presence is still felt every time at, at sure. every home game. And I think he's still a guy, as much as Harrison is the bar that the guys are held to, Reggie, you know, I, I remember when, when Paris Campbell was drafted, one of the first things people said is size-wise, body-wise, this looks like Reggie Wayne. Now, hasn't played out that way for a number of reasons. But he seems like he's the guy that comes up. Whenever they draft a receiver, it's not the next Marvin Harrison. It's the next Reggie Wayne. Yeah. No, and it's, that's really saying something, too. So the last mini segment here, George, before we get to court, we call this and twins. I love quarterbacks eating dirt, pom-poms and short skirts. And, and some people, some guests have a lot of trouble with this. Others will give me a thousand names. But what we try to do here is we try to look at the Football Hall of Fame today. We go to Ken. We're looking around. We see all the wide receivers. If you had to pick one, it can be style of play. It could be the numbers, how they line up. It could be really anything you want here. But who in Ken today, what Hall of Famer, I guess, most reminds you of Reggie Wayne? Who's the closest to being Reggie Wayne's twin? This is funny because, you know, pre- preparing for this interview, I did some research. I, I went to pro football reference. I wanted to see what, what his career lined up as. The number one guy on his career is actually Randy Moss, which is no me. way. And, no and way. I think that I know. I, and I don't see any similarity <laughs> between those two uh, on the field or off. But I, I think I was thinking about it. I think maybe it's because of the, the, the peaks and valleys that you had with Moss. that if you kind of made that a flat line, sort of like Reggie's career was, the numbers, I'm sure, come out pretty similar to, to where Reggie was. 
but the other guy on that list that, that I did think just I, I didn't see him play myself but the reputation uh, sort of what you hear about him for the people that did Paul Warfield's name was on there and mm. I just feel like that to me um, they're they're remembered in very similar ways yeah no the the Randy Moss one because I guess the thing that gets me off the Randy Moss one because when you said that I was like holy I mean Randy Moss to me is the second best receiver of all time right next to Jerry Rice and, and the thing about Randy is he he had a couple peak seasons like the 23 touchdowns with New England that are like all time, right? Like I think of, when I think of, you know, what's his best season, that's the one I go to. Now, Reggie Wayne, he led the re- league in receiving yards one year. Um, but, and that's why, you know, he got over 1,500 that year. That's why I point to, but he doesn't have that like, holy, you know, holy shit, the, the Calvin Johnson year that I know everyone goes to, the Randy Moss year. That's what he'd be lacking there for me. Who I went to in, in, you let me know if I'm off here, but I went to more like Isaac Bruce on uh, the Rams. That was a guy I, I felt very like body type, very similar. They both were very consistent, played a lot of games. I think Bruce played about 12 more than Wayne, but their catches, yards, touchdowns, all really in the same ballpark, both big time playoff performers. Bruce had a great Super Bowl when they played against the Titans. And then also why I kind of lined them up it's when it comes down to, you know, how, how they were distinguished, what awards they got over their career. You know, Ray, Reggie Wayne, six Pro Bowls. That's right in the wheelhouse of a Hall of Famer. The one all pro, though, um, that's the one that, and again, wide receivers, especially when Reggie was coming up, and I'll get to this in a little bit. Holy shit, were there a lot of top-tier Hall of Fame wide receivers at the same time, which probably hurts Reggie a bit because he only had that one all pro. People like Randy Moss, they were a four-time All-Pro. Uh, Jerry Rice, I think, was like a 10-time All-Pro. That's like the best of the best. It's a top two receiver in the league for a certain year. Again, Reggie did it once. I believe it was the year he led the league in receiving yards. But Isaac Bruce is a guy who never was an All-Pro. So he was a four-time Pro Bowler, less than Reggie. No All-Pros. Again, Reggie Wayne had that one year. He was a first-team All-Pro. But he was consistent. And he always had 1,000 yards or plus. He always could come with a big catch playing a number of playoff games. And then also, not that like this matters, but when I think of Isaac Bruce, I think of Torrey Holt. And when I think of Reggie Wayne, I think of Marvin Harrison. So all of those really had that. Isaac Bruce kind of came to me, and that's what I really latched onto. No, I think that's a really great comparison. Both of them in really explosive offenses that had a lot mm-hmm. of other weapons. And both of them are sort of the lunch pail guys of, of those offenses. I mean, you look at – the Colts of that era and, and people are going to point more to Edron James or more to Marvin Harrison is sort of the, the, the splashy big play type guys. Reggie was just a guy that just did it every single game. I feel like Isaac Bruce was the same way. You look at, you think about those Rams, Marshall Falk's going to come to mind. Torrey Holt's going to come to mind. The big plays they made. Isaac Bruce is just out there making plays every single Sunday, getting the job done. I think they're very, I think that's a very good comparison. And, and just for fun, and you're going to be super biased here, but I got to throw it out here. If you like, you got me thinking of the Rams now. It's, it's, you know, Falk, Bruce, Holt, Warner. And then I think of these Colts teams we're talking about. Harrison, Wayne, Dallas Clark, and your James Payne Manning. Those all, this might be sacrilegious to ask you this, and Colts fans, please do not come after me on this, but those offenses head-to-head, who's putting up? defense is the exact same they're playing who's putting up more points that that those Colts teams that prime oil the machine Colts teams 
or though that you know the greatest show on turf those st louis rams teams you know i think so funny about that is that they're, they're so similar in so many ways they both have they are multi-idol yes uh, they both got back to a super bowl but lost it in, a, in something of an upset um though i think the rams one probably doesn't look like much of an upset in retrospect it sure did at the time yeah, it definitely uh, did what the patriots have become i think they can probably be forgiven for that one uh yeah i know that that's uh, warner's a hall of famer um i mean obviously i'm gonna go with the colts i, I think the difference is manning as great as kurt warner is uh there were times seasons when you just couldn't stop peyton manning it, it didn't matter i mean if, if if there was a punt in a game, you felt like the defense did a really good job at times with him. So the, those two, I, I just think they're almost mirror images of one another. It's really incredible. All the, the, the common themes there. And even, you know, Marshall Falk was here right at the beginning, or I think right before Peyton Manning got here. Um, it, it's crazy. It, it really to think about how similar those two offenses were and just a few years apart feels like they're different yeah. eras. But it they does. really were. It does. It feels so different for some reason. But yeah, it's only a few years later that comes up. I think I honestly, I, I want to give it to the, I want to give it to the Rams just because Marshall Falk to me is one of the biggest playmakers. And nothing gets Edgar James. He's a Hall of Famer. But Marshall Falk is one of the biggest just playmakers at any position I've ever seen in my life. But what makes me want to pick the Colts is Dallas Clark is a sneaky like big time. One of the better tight ends of the 21st century. And I, for the life of me, I can't think of who the tight end was on those Rams teams. Like no one's even coming to my mind. I, I have no idea. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't think Mike Martz wanted tight ends. Did he? I think that was <laughs> a part of the deal there. I feel like there was four wide receivers because Ricky Prohl. And then he had like Hakeem. I think he had that, that mm -hmm. small. Here, yeah. Yes. So I think he just went four wide out. No tight end for him. And he had Falk anyway. So he's a fifth receiver. Um, but this is not a Rams podcast, so let's move on here to the, to the final segment here. But this is kind of the, the, the main, you know, the meat of it. And, and George, we call this court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And what we do at court, you know, we talk about the pros of Reggie Wayne's Hall of Fame, Cansey, and the cons. And, and honestly, I feel like we've done a really good job so far talking about the pros, right? Like, Consistent every year. If you look at his all-time numbers, they're, they're Hall of Fame numbers. Tenth all-time in catches in NFL history. Tenth all-time in receiving yards in NFL history. 27th all-time in touchdowns, but still he had 82. Won the Super Bowl. Big-time playoff performer. Six Pro Bowls, one All-Pro. Those are all the great things. However, again, he wasn't voted in his very first year. Calvin Johnson, someone like Calvin Johnson was. Again, doesn't have as many career catches, receiving yards, any of that. But he had those peak seasons, those all-pro seasons that everyone just like, you know, you remember. It's drilled into your brain. So I do want to talk about maybe some of the things or ask you some questions about some of the things that might be holding him back or maybe some negatives on why it's his third year. Now, he's been a finalist every year, but why is it his third year? And the first one I want to ask you is just he played with Peyton Manning, right? One of the best quarterbacks of all time. I would say he's on quarterback Rushmore for me. Fair or unfair, do you think playing with Peyton Manning hurts his cancy at all? Because they're like, well, he was playing with Peyton Manning. It 100% does. It, it hurt Edron James and Marvin Harrison as well. I mean, I know Mike Chappell pretty well. He's, he's a voter, and he's been, you know, he's been open about that, that all of these guys from that era, there's at least some obstacle there of, well, Manning's an all-time great, and that the, the thought out there of, 
just about anybody could go and, and play. And then you look at what Manning did. I mean, he took a Blair White, I think, is a and it came out of a dentist office and, and had like a you know a huge second half of the season with him because Manning was was that good. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's fair or not, but it, it's it's absolutely an obstacle. It was for James. It took him a little bit longer than people wanted. It was for Harrison. Um, and I think it's definitely been one for Reggie. And then then in Reggie's case, he's also got those other two guys, Harrison and, and James. It's not just Manning for him. It's the idea of, well, look, you know, you were playing opposite of Marvin Harrison. You had this run game with Edron James and you had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So I think it, I think all of that affects his candidacy. Yeah. And, and again, I just, I always lean on this. Like when anyone brings that up for anybody I'm covering, you know, Jerry Rice had Steve Young and Joe Montana. Like I, 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 that's my go-to. Like, I do think Jerry Rice is the best receiver of all time. I've never held that against him. He somehow gets a pass, but he played with two different Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So, I mean, I, I do give wide receivers more credit when I'm like, wow, they, you know, they did not have the best quarter. Like, Andre Johnson, he's another guy who's a finalist this year. He had Matt Schwab a lot of his career. Nothing, Matt Schwab's like a two-time Pro Bowl, I believe, but he's no Peyton Manning. Or, um, you know, some of those years where Stafford got hurt, Calvin Johnson had no one throwing to him, and he still put up some big numbers. So I more look at it, if you have a bad quarterback, you put bigger numbers, that's great. But I, I don't get this whole Peyton Manning was his quarterback thing. Um, I think you throw Reggie Wayne on any team. I think he's putting up the numbers. And if anything, he's getting more balls thrown at him because he doesn't have Dallas Clark and Marvin Harrison, because that was going to be my other thing. Do you think, again, same kind of question, but playing – I guess number two to Marvin Harrison for a number of years. Does that hurt him as well? Cause he was never looked, I mean, he became the number one guy, but I think a lot of people would be shocked to know that Marvin Harrison and him only played up to 2008 together. They probably thought they played the whole career together, but do you think playing like maybe one B to, to Marvin Harrison's one, a hurt him as well? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the way that, that, that offense operated with Peyton Manning hurt him. It, it was great for, you know, what they wanted to do, which was win football games, Manning through the open guy, you know, there was no, we're going to call plays for Reggie. We're going to call plays for Marvin. We're going to call plays for Dallas. That wasn't the, the, the whole idea of that offense was we're going to take whatever's there. And so the ball got spread around a ton. And I think mean, all three of those guys, you know, if they're in a different place uh, with a different set of, of, talent around them they probably do have bigger numbers because they would have got fed a lot more um you know but as it was you're almost competing with your own teammate for yards and for catches and, and Reggie was a guy that you know all receivers have to have some level of diva I mean it's just part of the part of the DNA I think at that position but Reggie was a guy he, he wasn't going to complain you know he, he wasn't a guy that was stewing after a win because his numbers weren't big enough he wasn't a guy that was celebrating at his locker after a loss because he had a great game personally. It just wasn't the way he was. So he wasn't going to be the guy to go to Peyton and say, you know, I was open and, and you looked at somebody else. And, and I think um, that probably when it comes to something like this, it probably does all factor into it. If he, if he had played somewhere, you know, where he was the unquestioned number one guy his whole career, his numbers I think would, would be, a lot higher than they are right now. Well, not a lot. They're pretty high as they are, but I definitely think they would be higher. Uh, you know, and you saw it after the switch. To me, the most impressive season he had 
was 2011. He had like 993, 996. It broke his thousand yard streak, but his quarterbacks that year were Kerry Collins for like two weeks before he got the concussion, Curtis Painter, and then Dan Orlovsky at the end, who looked like a pro bowler compared to what they had played before. And he still almost put up a thousand yard season. To me, that's where, you know, all the other arguments, okay, I get them. That 2011 season erases all of them in my mind. That is an excellent point. Also, that list of quarterbacks you had throwing to Reggie Wayne sounds like a Chicago Bears um, lineup of quarterbacks that I'm very used to. But that's an excellent point. And um, as as someone, again, who does not follow the Colts religiously, kind of completely forgot about like the Curtis Painter air uh, of, of Colts football. So I think that's an excellent point to bring up. I do want to talk about this as well. I brought this up a little earlier. When Reggie Wayne played, he happened to be playing in the goal. I would say the golden age of wide receivers. I started to look at, you know, he played a very long, he had a long career, but that also meant his career collided with honestly, some of the best wide receivers in NFL history. And when I looked at who was kind of playing most of their years while Reggie was playing, I mean, a number of people already in the Hall of Fame got brought up, as well as uh, I think a number of people that will probably eventually get in the Hall of Fame. I have a list here, George, and I want you, this is going to be a little difficult because there's a lot of names here, but I want you to rank Reggie Wayne. I want to see where he fits in this list because when I, when I made the list myself, I, I had him falling at number six, the sixth best receiver in the air he was playing, which when you hear the names, you're going to be like, well, he's the top six. He's that's hall of fame worthy for sure. But let me go off here and you tell me if I got someone wrong, I'll tell you my ranking and you tell me if I should move Reggie up the list or drop him down the list. Okay. So my number one, I have Randy Moss. Um, again, I said at the beginning, Reggie or Jerry Rice was playing at the very tail and he does not count on this. He was nineties, 80s. So Randy Moss is number one. I have Larry Fitzgerald at number two. I got T.O., even though he's an insane human being, T.O. at number three. I got Marvin Harrison at number four. I got Calvin Johnson number five. I got Reggie Wayne at six. And then after him, I'm not going to do my whole list, 20, but I got Andre Johnson right after him, who's a finalist this year. Torrey Holt, who's a finalist this year. And then Steve Smith who was eligible, but is not a finalist for this year. So that's kind of my top, what is that, nine here. So I have Reggie Wayne at six. Did I get it right, George? Or would you have him higher or would you have him lower? No, I think you got it right. I, I think Andre Johnson probably argued when they were at Miami together. They overlapped, I think, a little bit. Uh, and they definitely stay in touch. All those Miami guys go back and, and work out over the summers and, and see each other. Um, so I'm sure Andre would, would not, I'm sure he would take issue with that as Reggie would if Reggie was behind him. Um, I mean, just listen to those names. It's such an incredible, like you said, such an incredible era for wide receivers. And I mean, those top five guys are just, some of them are, are all timers. I think all five of them are, are, are all timers, um, you know, for, for Reggie to even be in that category, I think says a lot about, you know, how, how solid his career was and, and how strong his runs. been. I know Torrey Holt's been waiting a while to get in as well. I mean, yep. that seems to be, and, and the names you just rattled off, I think that seems to be one of the biggest obstacles for receivers. The passing game has exploded in the last 20 years or so. You just, you have, you know, it's, it's been well-documented. 
you have this wait list kind of at that position. It took Marvin mm -hmm. three, four, five years. I can't remember how, how long Tolu, but he was buying T.O. And that was part of the thing. You know, he had to wait for, for Owens to get in and then Marvin had his turn. So I think Reggie's kind of in that boat. I wouldn't argue with any of those five guys being above him. Uh, I think they're all outstanding, like I said, all-time greats. Um, but I think it, it says a lot about Reggie just that he's on that list. Yeah, I think it – I mean, honestly, I think that's probably the biggest pro form. I, so I, I kind of am breaking one of my rules here, George. I, I covered this for basketball, football, baseball. I usually say if you were top five at your position during your time, you should definitely be in the Hall of Fame discussion. Not that you should be a Hall of Famer, but you should be in the discussion. I say top five. However, I always leave room where there are periods of time where it's just one position is peaking over all others. And for me, this is, this is, this is a situation like that. When Reggie Wayne is the sixth best receiver, when he's kind of playing, you know you're with some all-time greats. And I mean, Kelvin Johnson got in his first year. T.O., if he wasn't who he was, he would have gotten his first year. I'm sure Fitz will get in his first year. Randy Moss got in his first year. Marvin, as you said, waited way too long, but that's because of T.O. And then Reggie's now in his third year as a finalist. But it is, that is, I hope no Colts fan is taking to offense that I'm ranking him sixth year because, again, everyone above him, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Now, George, before we get to final verdict, one quick fun thing I want to do. I was thinking about this. We talked about Marvin Harris and Reggie Wayne. Great duo. Great offensive one-two combo. And I started to think, is that the best wide receiver combo in, in NFL history? That's saying a lot. But I started to you know, put pen to paper a little bit. And let's be honest, I was typing on my laptop. But I was thinking the best wide receiver combos of all time and Torrey Holden, Isaac Bruce are there. Chris Carter and Randy Moss, even though it was only for, I think, three or four years, and Chris Carter was near the end, I remember those guys just being like, what is this? Randall Cunningham bombing it to them. And then I go all the way back to the 70s with the Steelers, John Stallsworth and Lynn Swan. Um, again, we remember them as a tandem, both the Hall of Famers, because they made big plays in the playoffs all the time and won for Super Bowls. And then I have Marvin, or Marvin and Reggie. What would you say? Do you think that's, a, you know, is that a hyperbole? Do you think Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne are the best wide receiver duo of all time? They're, they've got to be, you know, 1A or 2 at the lowest. Um, what they were able to do and, and, and the trouble that they caused for defense. I mean, I thought it, when, when you first mentioned it before you started saying, you know, your own combos on that, Carter and Moss came to mind real quick just because they were so dominant. But yeah. like you said, that was like a three-year – it was a quick thing, and it wasn't Chris Carter's peak, um, although I think it helped extend Carter's career because when, when you have Moss, uh, you know, a life got a little bit easier for Chris Carter there for a while. I, I just think Reggie and, and, and Marvin, you know, that that combo, certainly anybody in, in my part of the country is going to say they were the best. Um, and, and they, But they have stuff to back them up. It's not just, you know, homerism this time around. It, it, there's a lot of, of numbers there. Um, I think they complemented each other well. I think that was one of the things that Marvin was a smaller guy and he was the speed guy and he was the deep threat. And don't want to remotely suggest that Reggie Wayne was a possession receiver because that's not that's not true. Uh, but you know he was the boundary guy and and he was he was sort of the third down guy. You, know, you go back and you look at those teams. It's third and seven and Manning's looking for somebody. It was probably Reggie Wayne. Yeah, I, I honestly I. 
I didn't want to like, I don't want to suck up to any Colts fans listening today, but I, I think it's the, I think they're the best. I, I really do. And it's not just the best, but as you said, right, Chris Carter and Randy Moss, maybe at the very peak year, that was the best combo I think I've ever seen. And I think, I, I think it was 98. Um, so I'd say peak, but like these guys played with each other for, I believe what, eight, eight seasons, seven seasons together. So it was the, the how long they played together. And I think that, matters and they want a super bowl together doing that too so i i don't want to and again steelers fans relax swan and stallworth they're both in the hall of fame they want you four super bowls we can easily say that's as well too but wait let's say wayne and harrison are easily in the conversation the discussion for that top spot so going to final verdict here george i'm going to ask you two questions here one if you had a vote today you know would you vote Reggie Wayne into the Hall of Fame? I think I know the answer there, but I'm going to ask you that anyway. And then two, do you think Reggie Wayne actually will get in the Hall of Fame at some point? Yeah, first one, unequivocally, yes. You know, I, I think he's just – he's one of my favorite players I've covered. I mean, I've been around this team now for 11 years, and Reggie on and off the field was was a Hall of Famer. I mean, everything he did – I don't know that T.Y. Hilton's career is what, it, what it's become without Reggie Wayne, honestly. I mean – he, he's had such a huge impact. And like I said, he's one of the real rare guys. There aren't too many of them who kind of connect those two eras, you know, the current Colts and the Peyton Manning Colts. Reggie played with a lot. Well, not a lot. I think uh, T.Y. and Jack Doyle probably the last two left on the roster. Now they play with, but for a while there were, you know, half more than half the roster that had been played with Reggie Wayne. He's come back. He's been an assistant coach. He's done giving back to the franchise. You know, none of that matters in the hall of fame since, um, but I think what he did in the playoffs to me is is from from a Hall of Fame standpoint, that to me is, is the clincher. Going out there in the games that mattered, he was a better playoff receiver numbers wise than Marvin Harrison. And it's honestly not that close. Um, so I think that to me, Reggie's a Hall of Famer. I do think he will eventually get it. Guys that get to this level almost always get in. When you get into 15, you get into 10 the way that he has the last couple of years, it's just a matter of time. I mean, for those guys, honestly, whether it's this year or next. We talked earlier about the, the wide receiver log jam. You know, does it break through for him now? And we'll find out on February 10th. But if it's not this year, next year, the year after, Reggie Wayne is a Hall of Famer in my mind, and, and he will be officially, you know, somewhere here in the near future. Yeah, uh, I could not agree with you more. I, I He's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, when you're top 10 in catches and receiving yards during the regular season, and then you're top 10 in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns, in the playoffs, it's five or six categories for me. You're top 10 of all time. If I'm looking at the record books, your name is everywhere. You cannot not be in the Hall of Fame to me. He's a clear cut. And the playoffs thing, I mean, that matters a lot to me. Um, you know, I like Julian Edelman, the other, uh, you know, when he retired, people were like, he's second all time in receiving yards, like in the playoffs. Maybe he's a Hall of Famer. You know, I'm not on board with that because he didn't do it in the regular season. He had some great posts. He was always there, but he didn't do the regular season. Reggie has both. He plays both sides of it. And, and that makes him a clear cut Hall of Famer to me. And will he get in? I do. Um, I think it could he have a chance this year. Yo. So I, as I said earlier, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, and Torrey Holt, all finalists this year, all the same position. They're only going to elect one of them if they elect any of them. They're not going to elect two receivers in one class. To me, Reggie Wayne ranks higher than Andre Johnson and Torrey Holt. So I think he should get him. But if he doesn't get in this year and they let, as you said, Torrey Holt, who's been waiting a while in and then maybe Reggie the next couple of years, 
Long story short, he'll definitely get in while he's eligible as a kind of a modern era candidate. If it's this year, maybe. Is it within the next couple years, maybe? And then we'll replay this, George, in, in the future here. But Reggie Wayne is a Hall of Famer, and he will be in the Hall of Fame. I'm very certain of that. Um, George, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Talk Colts, talk Reggie Wayne, talk Cardinals, or I'm sorry, Rams for a bit. Was not expecting that, but they got a playoff game coming up, so good for them. Um, before I get you out of here, anything you'd like to plug um, before I have you on your way, start your weekend? Well, one thing I think I should mention, you know, we were talking about great duos and, you know, whether or not they were the greatest wide receiver combo. I think one thing Reggie unquestionably has, they have to have been the greatest roommates of all time. And college, his, his college roommate's Ed Reed. So I think that oh combo to me, that, that's got to be at the top of that list. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. Anything you want to plug before you got here, though, George? Uh, my Twitter, at GM Bremer. Uh, obviously, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Colts. So if you have any interest in this Carson Wentz saga, uh, you know, I'll be on it all offseason long. Uh, and on that point, just because of my curiosity, who's who's starting at quarterback uh, this coming fall? Man, if I can tell you that, I'm probably a much richer man right now. I, I, I Right now, I, I, I'm not sure it'll be number two, or at least not the current number two, but we'll see how that goes. All right. You hear it here from George. George, thank you very much for joining. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. You too. All right. I want to thank George again for coming on today. Really enjoyed talking about Reggie Wayne. Had a lot of fun there. Um, so really appreciate him coming on. That is the podcast for today. Uh, again, enjoy your week. Super Bowl week's always fun. Um, Pro Bowl probably left you pretty disappointed over the weekend. I I hope you didn't watch it. Um, it really needs to go away. It's not even Hawaii anymore. I don't know what the point is, but big week ahead of us. Super Bowl Hall of Fame um, vote on Saturday. So enjoy your football focus week. Hopefully, this podcast on Reggie Wayne kicked it off correctly. Uh, if you don't already, please subscribe. Um, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Pot of Fame. And we will talk to you next Monday after the Super Bowl. So, again, enjoy your week, and we will talk to you next Monday. Take care. Standing in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the